Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com and welcome to the fitness show. So it's been, I feel like, a while since I've recorded a podcast. It's only been a week, but for some reason it feels like much, much longer. Um, I've been going to a ton of events and that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today and I've been able to see so many of you at various events, but... Uh, They're interesting, and I thought I would share from my perspective how things go. Um, We're going to go over a princess half marathon and um, some other cool things, but I wanted to start with my event two weekends ago in Los Angeles. It's called Kettlebells and Alarm Bells 911 Throwdown, and this event was created by a man who served in the Navy, the U.S. Navy, for eight years and has been a federal firefighter for 20 years. His name is Cliff Walker. And he's fantastic. And he puts on these events, which are functional fitness style. So think CrossFit. Functional fitness competitions um, for the U.S. military, veterans, and first responders of all sorts. And now they've opened the competition up to civilians as well. But not only is it a cool functional fitness competition, they take place on the decks of decommissioned naval ships. So they are some of the coolest events you'd ever want to go to. I mean, really just going to any of these ships and just sitting down on your butt and on the deck is cool enough. But to be able to go out there and compete or be a spectator to these incredible competitions is just fantastic. And for me to have a front row seat as the host is mind-blowing. Uh, many of you already know this, but I am the epitome epitome of patriotic nerd. I love my country desperately. I love the men and women who serve it. And to be able to um, be there in all my nerdy American glory is very, very special and exciting for me. Um, But we had the competition. It was a week and a half ago. And this is a deal. It was uh, so rainy in Los Angeles. And it's, it's a very dry, dry place. If you've not been to Southern California, Almost everything's brown. There's maybe two blades of grass, I think. And they always brag about, oh, it's always the same here. So mind you, I love it there. So I I pick because I'm Floridian and we have legitimately warm temperatures. We have the kind of temperatures where you can wake up and go outside in shorts and a tank top. And at midnight, you can also be outside in shorts and a tank top because it's warm all day round. Now, many of you would hate that. You would just loathe the temperatures, especially the sticky which I love the sticky. I love hot and sticky. Um, But Californians, especially Southern, they go, oh, it's always perfect here. However, it hits 60 degrees somewhere around midnight all the time. Uh, Yeah, it's just, you know, cold at night. It certainly has its warmer days, but they're very dry, 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 dry. And so what's really funny to me is when you go to California and they have I don't know, 17 drops of rain. They go, oh my God, it's raining. It's a rainy day. Can you believe we're having a rainy day? It's it's the cover of the newspaper. But they actually have had rain rain lately, legit rain. Now, mind you, not storms, not Florida storms, because we have kind of mini hurricanes every single day of summer between, you know, May and August at two o'clock. Believe it or not, it's, it looks like a hurricane is blowing and all the trees are bending and stuff blowing down the road. But before 2 o'clock, it's sunny, beautiful beach weather. And after 3 o'clock, it's sunny, beautiful beach weather. But we, you know, we do storms. <laughs> That's the only way to refer it. So they're not having a storm, but they certainly were having legit rain, which is interesting when you're having outdoor events. So whether you're having a 5K or a marathon or a cool guy fitness competition on a ship, it becomes an issue. And not only was it rainy, but it was cold. I think the temperatures were in the high 40s. So um, you take a little lizard, Fitz Kohler, and put her on the deck of this ship. She's a little, little uncomfortable. But um, we arrived on the ship early Saturday morning at about 7 o'clock. It was a setup crew, the sponsors, the event producer, Cliff Walker. And he had a big decision to make. It was, should we continue to host this event outside, or should they move it indoors to a CrossFit uh, gym? 
And I think they harrowed over it a little bit. But finally, and I'm so glad he did make the great decision, Cliff decided that, you know what, our competitors are gritty people. We're dealing with military, first responders. They're spectator friends. They're probably gritty too. And so we went forward and it turned out to be an epic battle at sea. It was it was a great, great day in the cold rain. And we had amazing music on deck. And if you have the opportunity, if you haven't seen my pictures on social media, on Instagram or Facebook, go look up the battleship Iowa, USS Iowa. It's really cool ship to look at. It was, I think, commissioned back in the 40s. It served in World War II, Korea, the Cold War. Um, this is a ship that I believe chased down Germans and the Russians and it has these big turrets, uh, these massive, I don't know, like 30-foot guns sticking up out of the main part of the ship. It was it's just super neat. And you know, one of the things I did besides announcing the events, and so I would introduce the teams and tell what kind of competition, you know, what the rules are were these for these particular competitions and uh, and kind of coach and host along the way. But when we had a little bit of downtime, I went through some fun facts about the Iowa, and it really, it's gone through a bunch. And so I think people enjoyed learning about the ship they were on because it had so much historical uh, value. I think it was the ship that the most sitting USS, U.S. presidents had toured. Um, I believe Roosevelt and George H.W. Bush were on that ship. And um, I don't know. Great history. And it was a great time. And so here's the deal. We have four different WAD workouts. And a WAD is um, maybe it's 10 minutes worth of exercise in their team competition. So you and a partner, same sex. So women, uh, female teams and male teams. But they would say, okay, you have 10 minutes to do as many of the following three different workouts as you can. And so maybe it was um, 10 box jumps and a 50-yard partner carry where literally you had to lift your partner off the ground and haul them 50 yards back, you know, around a kettlebell and back. And followed by, uh, I don't know, 50 slam ball carries over your shoulder. And so partner number one would go do that. And then as soon as partner one was done, partner number two would go do the event. And carry, the partner carry was hysterical, mind you. It was so great to see these men and women throw each other on each other's back or carry each other baby style. And we had some really, really funny... Um, pairs. We had Team Special Sauce, and they actually won the competition, but there was a lot of booty shaking and um, booty smacking during the partner carry, and it was just just a really fun group of people. There was a lot of thrusting up on box step-ups and gyrating. Um, I can't remember where the gyrating came in, but there was always room for gyrating. So even though these athletes were fierce and highly competitive, there was tons of fun thrown into the mix, but so the first workout would be 10 minutes, as many reps as you can do. And the, the team who completed the most reps got the most points. And that went on for workout number two. And then there was a workout number three. The, the third workout is always dedicated. We call it the Hero Wad. And that is dedicated to a fallen serviceman or woman. So the one on the USS Midway we hosted in September it was a soldier who was killed in Afghanistan, and the one on this ship was Randy Simmons, who was an LAPD SWAT team member who was killed in the line of duty almost 10 years ago, and his wife and daughter came out and a group of friends, and it was just wonderful. It's so, you know, obviously it's, it's painful to think about uh, the life lost in such a heroic way, but it's wonderful to be able to bring them with us and honor them in such creative ways. And his wife, his widow, was um, so very proud to be there, and we were very proud to honor him. So that was a fun workout. And, you know, when you're doing pull-ups and you're dying and the, the host, yours truly, is saying, you know, we're doing this for Randy Simmons. Think about what he's gone through, what his family goes through. These athletes found it inside of themselves to push further and do better and that goes along with something else you and I have discussed with is perspective, right? Um, where else could you find better perspective than on the deck of 
a naval ship. So they were working hard, but sometimes I said, imagine what the sailors were doing, you know, during the Cold War at this time, how hard it must have been on this ship. And they worked harder because they have the luxury of living in a private abode in Los Angeles, and they're not out at sea chasing Russians or, you know, um, being shot at. And so, you know, it certainly makes the workout hurt less than it would if you were just out on a Sunday afternoon um, at the park training. So the hero workouts are fantastic. Our final workout for the championship rounds, they took the top five female teams, the top five male teams, and they put them through one of the most brutal workouts I've ever seen. And I thought the person who created it was somewhat demented, but the workout was with your partner you have to do 50 synchronized squats. Now, mind you, each team is assigned a judge, and the judge is staring at you, making sure you squat all the way down, squat all the way up, and not just squatting, but doing it at the same time. So you already have completed three miserably hard workouts, and now you've got this fourth one to do, and you have to do it in sync with your partner. So it was 50 air squats, just up and down, and then 30 pull-ups, Per team, and so partner number one would do as many pull-ups as he could. Partner number would number two would get in, and they would go all the way until they got pumped out thirty pull-ups as a team. And then after that, they had to do twenty synchronized burpees. And so I know that sounds tough, but they had to do it five rounds of that. And mind you, during the first round, people started dying. They were going, "Oh my god!" I, I, you could just see it in their face that their arms were about to fall off, their legs were about to give out, but they had to do five rounds of this, and they had a, a deadline of 25 minutes, and it was brutal. It was agonizing. The women went first. Man, they were tough, tough, tough as nails, and um, we actually, we had one team, the women were allowed to do their pull-ups with an assisted jump. Um, but we had one team, it was Team 5-0 from LAPD, which happened to be a very interesting team. One of the competitors, Jennifer Grasso, this woman is badass, excuse my language, but Jennifer is um, the first and only female member of the LAPD SWAT team ever, which is insane for me to think that that agency is so old and they have so many sworn women um, but she's the only one who has been a member of the LAPD SWAT team ever, and she was tough. I'll tell you what, she did pull-ups. They were unassisted. She probably did a 1,000 pull-ups throughout the day, and it, I don't know. I think she was also on call, so at any moment, she could have been called out to a, 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 a SWAT scene, and God help the bad guy if um, he got on her bad side because she had already worked really, really hard, but... What happened was all the other female teams were doing assisted pull-ups, which is fine, but the LAPD Team 5-0 did unassisted pull-ups, and so they were a little bit slower, and I think they they, sh they probably would have won the competition completely. They would have taken first place, but they did unassisted pull-ups, and it held them back just a little bit, but, um, but the women were in insane. The men came up and... You know, it was so, so hard, but there was still some guys gyrating along the way, um, having a lot of fun. It was, it was a pleasure to experience the grit of all of those competitors. Uh, and, and you find the similar thing at an Ironman triathlon or at a marathon and sometimes even at a 5K. Uh, but it was really, really cool. One of my favorite competitors of the day was a young woman who... Uh, I think it was during the second or third workout. She was the, Her job was to lift up the slam ball, 60-pound slam ball, which was awkwardly shaped, and it was wet because, remember, it's raining out there the whole day. And um, maybe halfway through the wad, her muscles were done, and so she just couldn't even pick up the ball. And it took her about two whole minutes to... And, and she could pick up the ball for a while, but then enough, you know, she started to give out and she picked it up and she throws it over her shoulder and the bell rings and she... Or I say stop and they're done. And um, she uh, she was sitting down with me. We had a little break between competition and I asked her, I said, so how long have you been doing CrossFit? And she looks at me and she says, two weeks. What? Two weeks? I go, how did you get suckered into this? And she points at her friend, this little compact 
CrossFit girl. And I thought, oh, that's the winner of the day. You know, there's all these, you know, uh, uber fit, fiercely fit men and women who do CrossFit all the time or in the military, and they, they could handle it. But this woman, um, she stepped so far out of her box. You know, she just jumped into CrossFit two weeks ago. I'm sure she probably wanted to lose some weight and get in shape. And there she is. She's on the deck of the Battleship Iowa competing in this competition with surrounded by heroes with this big mouth blonde chick who's shouting in their ear and um she was the hero of the day I I just was so impressed with her and you know after her the workout where she um she couldn't lift the ball after a while she was crying you know and and I don't know if she was crying because she felt um inadequate or if she had just spent, you know, if she was uh, just physically spent. But I had gone over and I said, listen, you're amazing because you're the only person out here at this point that has given their all. You know, everybody else still has something left in the tank, but you are the only person on this ship who has given absolutely everything they had today. And that's incredible. And so she kind of got the perspective a little bit from there. But, you know, it was maybe 20 minutes later when I asked, how long have you been doing CrossFit? two weeks. And so later on in the competition, probably before, I, I think it was during the award ceremony, I, I took the time to say, hey, everybody, we have a competitor here that's only been doing this for two weeks and everybody's ears perked up and they're looking around. And I pointed her out and she got a round of applause. I mean, what a cool, cool girl. And so with that, you know, the message for you, the message for me is step outside your box. Go do something cool because she could have very justifiably said, no, thank you. I'm not doing that. I've never done that before. And I don't even know what it is. And that sounds scary. But she didn't. And um, I think that's going to be a memory that lasts a lifetime for her. She may not have been able to sit down on the toilet the next day <laughs> or brush her teeth. I mean, she really, whew, I was kind of worried about her. I felt, yeah, I felt like I would like to tr go home with her and put her in a bath and <laughs> give her a massage and a ice cream cone or something like that but she's a girl who's living life to the fullest and so be that girl pretty pretty blonde girl who I thought was so brave and um wow so we'll have more of those events I believe the next event will be on the USS Arizona in Pearl Harbor and then they're coming to San Francisco they'll be back on the Midway next fall I believe they're hoping to go to the USS Texas in Texas and the Intrepid in New York and so Keep an ear out. I think it's CaliforniaWarriorFit.com. And uh, look, 911 Throwdown is our hashtag. And uh, research it or reach out to me. But I would love to see you guys out there. And maybe I'd love to even see you guys compete. Because if a newbie can do it, you can probably do it too. You don't have to be a fitness pro. You don't have to be a Navy SEAL. Uh, you don't have to be a CrossFit champion. You just have to be someone who's willing to give it a go. Uh, so very, very cool stuff. That's a that's a fun event. And in fact, what I didn't realize is the the winners of our original competition on the USS Midway were Navy SEALs. So we're certainly surrounded by great companies on those ships, or great company. Um, and I love every minute of it. So that was a quick trip. I went out to L.A. on Friday, got there Friday afternoon, and then I came home on Sunday afternoon and I survived. I squeezed in as much sleep as I could before and after the competition. But then Thursday, I left my home to head to Orlando for uh, the Princess Half Marathon weekend. And that is a heck of a lot of fun. And so I know a lot of my listeners are runners and walkers and attend the Disney events. And this is one of the banner events for the entire year for Run Disney. Um, it was my very first half marathon maybe five years ago, was the Disney Princess. And <laughs> it's just a wonderfully fun race. And so many of you know I have a knee issue. I wear that brace for and I have a hip issue. So I've kind of bailed on half marathons for a few months now. And I've, I chose to do the 5K and 10K. And um, there's these girls, these wonderful, amazing, fabulous women who they do almost every run Disney race. In fact, I don't know if there's ever been a race I have I didn't think they were at, but they're big into costuming and they wear these elaborate beautiful well thought out costumes to every race. And 
So some of them, I mean, imagine walking a half marathon, and they do a lot of walking because of their costumes, but and they're runners. They can totally go run marathons and do that just fine. But for Disney, they step, they slow things down and up the fun big time. And so they have, they they could technically do a half marathon dressed as a fully decorated Christmas tree. And so that's what I want to put in your head. They're not doing a um, a cute little running costume. They have outlandish costumes that just don't make sense. <laughs> not in a bad way, in a wonderful way. So they have asked me in the past, oh, you should dress up with us. And then I just decided that, yeah, you know what, I want to do that. And so I reached out um, probably about a month ago and said, I would like to dress up with you for and do the Princess 5K. And they said, okay. And apparently besides behind the scenes, they recognize that I'm a bit of a costume wimp. I'm a little averse to that, and I'm not very girly. And so they did their best to give me a very simple, stupid costume that I could handle. And the theme was hipster princesses, which is imagine uh, if Snow White were around today and she were going to Starbucks. That's the look we're going for. And so they had given me some uh, costume ideas that are thrown around on princess, I guess, hipster princess is a thing and they had given me some options first they asked me if I wanted to do Sleeping Beauty or or um, Cinderella and I chose Cinderella because I like blue better than pink but I really have been stressing because actually the examples they sent me um, were kind of hard so one of them had a Cinderella with brown shorts not running shorts just brown khaki shorts and a belt and I think she had a blue tank top and then a brown vest and maybe brown boots, and um, <clears throat> there was that. And then the other one had these high-waisted light blue shorts and a light blue bikini top. <laughs> so I've been stressing because I didn't want to disappoint them. And so finally, at the very last minute, I kind of came up with a costume. I had been throwing a bunch of things around, and I decided to ask my neighbors who sell their LuLaRoe leggings, um, if either of them, if any of them had light blue leggings, and they did, which I was grateful for. And you know, it's funny because I, I don't do leggings as a as dress up clothes, and the cloth thing or the what's the word, the flowy materials just aren't my bag. And really, part of the deal is that I'm so comfortable in my regular work clothes that I don't want to be transfer that comfort into my um, dress clothes, if that makes sense. I don't want to be leggings for a dinner out. You know, I feel like I have to put on big girl clothes. And so all my friends look great in their LuLaRoe stuff, but it's something I, I, I appreciate a little more structure for dress up. And plus my body shape, I don't think really leans towards that. But anyway, so I reach out and one of them has what quote unquote cornflower blue leggings. They work perfect. I buy those and I put it, pair it with a little white long tank top and I got a headband, a thick headband, and I got a crown, and we were going with um, hipster eyeglasses, so, you know, clear lenses. I have good vision, so I didn't need any, I didn't need eyeglasses, but the kind of, I got navy um, smarty pants glasses from Claire's Boutique, and then Kylie, so it's Kylie Majeski and Gail Savage were going to be walking with me, and Kimberly Markey normally comes, she seems like the queen of this stuff, but she had other personal obligations and had to miss this race. So really the eyeglasses were the tying bind. And not only did I wear that stuff to a race, but I wore my boots. I didn't even wear sneakers. I wore these little gray ankle boots. They're hiking boots from Merrill, but I was jacked up. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm being Cinderella outside my box. And so I get ready in my, uh, <laughs> my hotel room. It's about three thirty on race morning, putting it all on. I can't find the crown. I just can't find it. And then in my mind, I think, oh, I left it on my dresser at home. I didn't bring it. So I stopped looking for the crown. And then I think I'm ready. And I go out to the resort bus that's going to take me to the race. And about two minutes after the bus starts moving, I realize I left my hipster eyeglasses in, in the hotel room. So now I just look like a girl with leggings and a tank top and a, and a headband. So I'm a total idiot total idiot. And then I felt bad. I felt so bad that I had ruined the whole thing. 
And um, yeah, I'm th- I was that girl from the moment. I'm never, ever, ever that girl, but I like to take care of other people, not screw up their situation. And so I was actually kicking myself. Oh, we're all going to look so bad. And I don't have the glasses and I ruined it. And so finally, Gail and Kimberly sh- or Kylie show up and they're adorable. Kylie's uh, Ariel. And Gail is hipster Snow White, and they have wigs. They're so cute. And um, here's the other big burden is normally I'm in Corral A, the fast corral. Nope, this time they put me in Corral F, which was the last corral. And I don't know why that happened, but they put me in Corral F. And Kylie and Gail were scheduled for Corral A. And so they were sweet. They said, that's okay. It doesn't matter. But I loved it. It worked out perfectly because we were back there chit-chatting. We, we, we got to enjoy Rudy Novotny and John Pelkey as the hosts, and they're the best hosts ever, so that was a lot of fun. And um, we, I was telling them that my very first Princess Half Marathon, I started in the last corral, and I decided to be the last person to cross the start line. And so we were trying to do that, but the people in the back were going so slow that we finally gave up. So the race actually started at six. Our start didn't, nobody said go for us until seven. And it was broad daylight. And we literally just walked lackadaisically for 3.1 miles through the parking lot and through Epcot. And it was, oh my gosh, we had so much fun. And A, they're great girls. We stopped for photos. And what we would do at the photo stops is I would just ask someone nearby because apparently a lot of people wear eyeglasses can I borrow your eyeglasses for a picture? And so the pictures I shared, if you look closely in almost every one, I'm wearing a completely different pair of eyeglasses. And some people have such bad vision. Oh my gosh, I would put their glasses on and then it was like I was standing in a wall of fog. So I'm sorry if your eyes are that way. That's got to be really hard <laughs> to live with. But um, we stopped for photos and it's the first time I had ever done a Disney race that way and it was really cool. I'm totally down to do with it to do it again. I promise if Kale, Kylie and Gail and Kimberly give me another chance, I won't screw up the costume. Um, but it was fun. But here's the deal. Here's the fitness part of it is that by mile one, when we got there, now mind you, some people that are actually technically very slow will start in Corral A for the 5K, it's untimed, and so there, I, it feels like there's not much rhyme or reason to that whole setup. But when I hit mile one, I was surrounded by people that were struggling, and it was the best, best, best thing that made my heart grow ten times bigger. Because you know there was um, men and women that were morbidly obese. There were people with physical ailments. You could tell they were really just struggling to get by, and by mile one. They were drenched in sweat, red-faced, huffing and puffing, and it was awesome. And I don't say awesome because I want them to struggle, but what's awesome is that they're out there, and that's the reality of the situation is uh, the rest of us, sometimes I think we lose our mind. We lose perspective of what we're actually doing on a regular basis, what we're capable of, because even at Disney... They do, they try and get everybody to do so many races. Here's a challenge. You get a third medal if you do a 10K and a half. Here's six medals if you do a 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon. And so the mentality over there is so screwed up because people will actually show up on race weekend and go, oh, embarrassed. They'll say, oh, I'm only running the full marathon. Really? How screwed up are you that you're not pumping your fist in your going, yeah, I'm doing a marathon. I'm so cool. So where everything becomes big, 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 and more, 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 and the priority on all of that stuff becomes so, so high, I got the luxury, the beautiful pleasure of walking with people who were having a life-changing experience, making it to the finish line of a 5K. And uh, it just... It made me so happy, and and if I wasn't a weirdo, and I am a weirdo, but I, I would have gone up and hugged them all, and I would have done the coach thing, and so if I had any clue that any of them knew who I was, and I wasn't just some freak, and they, they would know that I'm an actual professional, and this is what I do, I would have gone up and give them all a hug and told them, you are kicking ass, and I love you, and you can do this, and this is the best going to be the best day of your life. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Um, but I didn't, I kept to myself because, you know, who wants to impose on other people's space, but 
it was awesome. It was so awesome. And so if you're a marathoner, if you're super fit, if you're going for PRs, take the time one day to do that. Go to a 5K, start last, slow the heck down, and then look around you. And you'll see real people out there accomplishing something uh, really big. And when they cross the finish line, things in their life go differently. They start eating better. They start. They they sign up for another race. They they're committed to exercise. Maybe they're committed to, you know, um, talking nicely to themselves. Maybe they become committed to getting out of an abusive relationship. But that makes them a better person. And it's one of the best darn things I've done in an entire month. You know, you got that girl who dove into the kettlebell competition and then you have these women and men in the back of the 5k killing themselves to get to that finish line boy that's good that's really good so um that was 5k day on the princess and um, one of the nice things for me is i love the parking lot before and after these races because i get to meet so many of my uh so many people who who listen to me whether they're reading my articles or my books or working out with me on the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge, or they've just heard me on a podcast, but I get to meet people that I didn't know existed that come up and say, hey, I use your exact formula for weight loss, and I'm down 17 pounds, or, you know, I'm using your ab DVD, and my back feels better, and it's so, it just brings me such joy, and so for those of you who are out there, and you've introduced yourself, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I always find it so funny when people come up, and they go, I'm so sorry, I know you don't know me, but I wanted to say hi, and don't think I'm a weirdo, and that's the greatest gift to me. Never, ever be afraid to come say hi, because I love it. I love it. I just, oh my gosh, to know that I'm, that it's it's very validating, uh, you know, because I think like, what what am I doing here if I can't help people? And so when you tell me, you know, something I did helped you, and you feel better, and you're living better because of it, that it really, really matters to me. It's like you plopping a $20,000 bill in my hand. So uh, if there's if there's a listener out there who, if, you, if we run into each other at a race or at the mall or in the airport and you have the opportunity to introduce yourself, if I don't recognize you first, please do so because it's it makes me very, very happy. And so I got a lot of that in the parking lot. And really what I want to do from now on is just go hang out in parking lots. <laughs> any sort of parking lot and see if anyone will come talk fitness with me. Hey, so anyway, so that was Disney 5K and then the 10K I was going to run. And so many of you ha- heard that it when I ran the 10K in um, at Walt Disney World in January, I had some issues with my hip. And so just a little quick refresher is that I used to be a kickboxer for 10 years, full contact. And because of that, I, I had broken 30 bones. I tore my hamstring, my right hamstring. There's only about 50% of it left. And um, so I had some severe soft tissue damage to my right hip that I did not fix because I was young and poor and stupid. And I'm working really hard on trying to build these muscles up as much as possible so they don't um, hurt. They don't hurt while I run. And it's really the endurance races that uh, make them uh, angry. And so I wear a knee brace, and um, that helps the knee, but the hip is just going to be constant strength training. So um, good news is last race in January, my right hip, hip flexor, gave out. That's the muscle in the very front by your groin that lifts your head, lifts your leg. Mine kind of like went dead for the time, and my the ball of my right foot kept hitting the ground. It kept skip, skip, skipping the ground. I thought I was going to fall. I was very angry. And um, it didn't, I didn't fall, thank goodness. But when I came back from Orlando, literally, I went to the gym before I got home. I left my luggage in the car and started working on the hip flexor. So the good news is that the hip flexor, it felt tired, but I didn't have any extreme pain and it certainly didn't give out. So that was a highlight of my 10K. But I have this knee brace I deal with. And the deal with the knee brace is um, it prevents my right knee from bowing in. I have loose ligaments because of that MCL tear and surgery many years ago. And so the knee gives in when I run. And so the knee brace is there to put pressure on the inside of my right knee. And so it can't bow. And last year, uh, when I, I I got the brace a couple years ago, but um, maybe last year sometime it was squeaking. 
squeak, squeak, squeak. And so I, I sent it back to the guy, or I had the knee brace guy come to my house, and I said, help me with this. He tried to fix it. He put a device in it. But instead of squeaking, it started clicking. It went click, click, click. And so he exchanged it. He sent them one back and sent me a new brace and squeak, squeak, squeak. And so we've tried everything. We've tried WD-40. We've tried bicycle lube. We've tried treadmill grease. We've tried olive oil. Sean Astin, the actor Sean Astin from Goonies and Rudy and Lord of the Rings, he personally put olive oil in my knee brace on the bus going to a Disney race to get it to stop squeaking. And it did not stop squeaking. So um, I, before the race, I take a picture of my knee brace and I put it up on social media and just say, in advance, I'd like to apologize to the 15,000 runners that will have to deal with my squeaking today. I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do to stop it. However, what happens is about a mile into the race, I start losing my mind. <laughs> I start losing my mind. I think, oh my God, why didn't I bring earbuds for music? I run with my phone, but I don't normally like to run with earbuds because I like to enjoy the sounds of the event. I like to listen to the people and the music and whatever's going on. But a mile in, I <laughs> I needed to be committed. I needed a straight jacket. And so what I did is I thought, because I thought, People will never believe how bad this is. And so in your mind, I want you to imagine what you think my knee brace sounds like while I'm running. Think about it. What does this sound? It, it couldn't possibly be as bad as she says it is. And so I made a recording about a mile in while I was losing my mind. I, I took my phone, the little voice recorder, and I held my right hand down at my side and I recorded. This is what I dealt with for 13,000 steps. Over an hour of this sound making my head explode. Now mind you, not only am I dealing with the constant annoying squeak, 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 but everyone around me has to deal with this sound. So, you know, great gift to the people that were faster than me because they would run up, look over their shoulder at me as if, is that you? And I go, yeah, it's me, and keep going. And then the people that were slower than me, lucky them because I passed them. But there was a certain group of people that sadly ran about the same pace as I did, and I'm surprised they did not gather up and throw me off one of the bridges mid-race. Because if this is not the most annoying sound you've ever heard, I don't know what is. So yes, so this is what I'm dealing with, the squeak, squeak, squeak. So <sighs> I did not go insane, and more importantly, my knee did not hurt. <laughs> but it makes for quite an experience, so I'm still not too sure what I'm going to do about this. I think my, my resolution is just going to be in the future to wear earbuds and blast ACDC or something obnoxious that will completely drown it out. But, um, oh my goodness, so tough. So here's the good part about the knee brace, is that runners are such nice people. Runners are so very nice because all throughout the race, people would run up and say, way to go, keep going, and pat me on the shoulder and say, you've got this squeaky or way to go, squeakers, but they were so nice, and I'm far from helpless. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not, I'm not someone anyone would normally take this, take the time to feel pity for or whatever. Um, and I, I don't feel very vulnerable. I feel like a strong girl who's got a few annoying issues, and uh, I'm a plugger. But it was really nice that people, um, they felt for me. And they express that. And so while I don't necessarily need it, um, I appreciate it. But what made me happy is to know that the people that are out there dealing with legitimate um, bad boo-boos, they're, they're being well taken care of. And so I'm one of those people. I'll go and say, well, keep at it. You look great. But to know that there's other runners, walkers that are dealing with obstacles and to know that the entire running community is supporting them such a good group of people, such a good group of people. So, um, you know, I hope if, 
you've never done a any sort of race, you consider giving it a go. And here's the deal. You don't have to do a marathon. And even my mom will say, and my mom's 76. She's had two knee replacements, a bunch of spinal surgery. She's not in like rock star shape. But she'll go, you know, I want to do one of those marathons one day. No, mom, you don't. You don't want to do a marathon. A marathon is technically 26.2 miles. My mom would die, just flat out die way before she got there. But you could do a 5K. A <laughs> 5K is 3.1 miles, and that's a really reasonable distance. They even have events that are focused on a one-mile fun run for people of all ages, and that's something you could do. But, uh, you know, there's no 5K marathon. Marathon is specifically 26.2 miles, and people who don't know the difference and that aren't in the running community, they think any race is a marathon. And so careful what you wish for, careful what you say, Marathon, although I'd love to have you all do a marathon, is very different than just a short race. Um, So that was my 10K. And oh, what was nice about the 10K is when I finished, not only did I get some nice hugs, parking lot hugs rule, but my children happened to also be at Disney with their competitive drama troupe. And they were performing at the resort Saratoga Springs. So, you know, I travel a lot and boy, do I miss my kids when I do. But this was wonderful because I got to be out doing my my travel work thing and then they showed up. And so directly after the 10K, I had warned the drama teacher. I said, hey, listen, I'm showing up stinky and sweaty. But um, I showed up and uh, I got to see them as a troupe perform The Lion King, which was incredible. My son was Mufasa. And my daughter was Rafiki, and they were larger than life. I was so proud of them. And then my daughter did a monologue, which was outrageous. And she had a du- act- a singing duet. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. She's so great. And my son had an acting duet. So that was a real highlight of my weekend. Can you imagine going away on a work trip? And then your kids are there. So I got to squeeze in some hugs. Took some photos. I got all the ushy-gushy mommy pride. And, um, and then I got to leave and they got to go with their chaperones and I didn't have to take care of them. So it was really a nice luxury for the day. And then, so the half marathon, I decided not to run that. And again, I'm not, I'm just not willing to be miserable with this hip for 13.1 miles. So, um, I had, I set up my hugging tent and I apologize. I missed some people. The buses, the busing situation was bad at Disney that morning. There was some sort of glitch in the system, which was human error. And instead of taking a four-minute ride from my hotel to Epcot, I had to go to Magic Kingdom and then take a monorail over to Epcot, and I was late. So I missed some hugs. But what I do is I set up a hugging station. There's a VIP tent um, right before the finish line and right before the announcer booth. So there's a big tent and it has a patio. And so I stand at the fence and all the people that I love that are out running can stop by and get a hug. And, and you know, it's just a treat. I, for those of you who I help lose weight or I help do strength training for runners and now you're faster or you, you, you're lighter or you're pain-free running, it means a lot that I can welcome you to the finish line. So I miss some people, but then I, I probably had, I don't know, 300 hugs after I arrived there just happy runners, and I'm, I love being able to be there to congratulate you. I know many of you don't have family waiting for you after the finish line, so I get to be your family, and it's it's just a treat for me. And, and to be honest with you, if it were the difference between me having a great day, running, PRing, feeling good, or standing out there hugging, I would stand out there and hug you all, hands down. No, de- There's no decision to be made. That's an easy one because... You know, you guys are so far away, and I'm here. I'm here in the right spot, and you guys have chosen the wrong spot far. And so the only way I get access to you sometimes is at that finish line. But um, it was great. And here's a funny thing. So I'm standing out there doing the hugs, and then Jeff Galloway and Barb comes. And I love them. The Galloways are fantastic, and they have, they've done so much for the running community to be able to convince people that it's okay to walk and give it a try. You'll be fine. And so... Um, and we're friends. They're wonderful people. <laughs> but Jeff comes and stands right next to me. And then I don't know who's coming for me and who's coming for Jeff because Jeff has a lot of people he takes care of too. So um, most of my huggers I recognize. Some people I do not because I've not met. And so it would be awkward. So at, you know, at one point some lady, she's, hey, waving, smiling, wearing sunglasses. I think she's looking at me. I kind of smile and wave. She zooms right past me 
fist bumps Jeff. And then the same awkward thing happens to him. Someone comes running up with open arms. He opens his and they hug me. So um, that was kind of funny. That was a, a very interesting 20-minute uh, segment. He finally moved about five feet down, which is a shame because I love Jeff. <laughs> a little bit weird at the time I just thought okay we're gonna we're gonna be ready for whatever comes I'll put my arms out Jeff does the fit bleh, he does the fist pump and, and um you know the runner gets to choose and so some of them would get the hug and the fist bump um but it was it was a pretty classic moment of confusion for a little bit um yeah so so the princess half marathon was excellent and they they do a wonderful job. And so if you've not ever run a race or you've never run a Disney race, it's something worth giving a go because they offer certainly something very special and different than the others. And they normally do a fantastic job with the medals. I'm actually not in love with a couple of these Princess Half Marathon medals, um, but I really like the 5K medal. It's Mrs. Potts and Chip. The whole theme was Beauty and the Beast. And then they had that flower in the jar, I think, as a half marathon medal. So, meh. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But I tell you what's cool is that I stayed after Princess Marathon for a few days to do a running conference, which was held at Disney. And um, they had a special, they had two special private runs for us. The first morning, the run was around the conference center resort, Coronado Springs. And you got a medal for that. You got a circle medal. And you could kill somebody with this medal. It's so heavy. It's, I mean, literally, you could like a hockey puck or something it's it's so heavy and it's got a little slit hole in it but it's um also the the view of Coronado Springs is etched in there of the buildings and then the very next day we went to Animal uh Animal Kingdom Lodge not the lodge I'm sorry went to Animal Kingdom the theme park and had a private run in there a 5k and uh the medal they gave us is the coolest it's a tree of life if you are a Disney runner you are going to be so flipping jealous. I'm going to post this thing up on social media soon, but oh my God, it's the Tree of Life, which is that massive tree in the center of Animal Kingdom Lodge. And in real life, it has animals carved into the trunk. And there's even animals in the branches, I think. It's, I, I, I live in Florida. I'm there all the time. I, have, I can't think of all the specifics. But anyways, this Tree of Life metal is incredible. The trunk has is bronze, copper, and you can't tell unless you get close. And the lines are made of humans with a human with their arms up running. So it looks like runners coming through the finish line on the trunk. And then the tree, all the leaves are sneakers. It's amazing. And it's also enormous and heavy. And what you do is, uh, oh, and it has a bottle opener. So you could bring it out at parties and like pop a beer open or whatever. But you can put the tree into the Coronado Circle and in, and have it as a stand. It looks like a trophy, something you could put in your office. It is by far the coolest um, Disney-themed medal ever. So if you have done every single Disney race from start to finish, you would, you would probably pay me about $10 million for this ridiculous Tree of Life medal because it is the coolest out of all of them. So um, lots of fun. They had Mickey Mouse out on the course for us. And what happened is there was only 150 runners, maybe less. And so we all got such ridiculous time with Mickey. So at some point I go, okay, Mickey, let's do running pose. And so I have a great picture. It looks like I'm running a race with Mickey, although he's wearing safari gear. Um, so he just wasn't prepared. Maybe he was in costume pretending to be a safari guy during the race. But um, I got to spend time with the... Alice in Wonderland crew at the resort as well. And that's that's a nice part. If you're ever going to a business event at Disney, um, they do it up. They do it up. I got to take, we did Boomerang, you know, the little gift videos with Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And uh, the White Rabbit, Alice, the Mad Hatter, the Queen of Hearts was there. So it was very exciting. Most importantly, what I got to tell you is moving forward, I would like you to come run some of the races I announced. So that's uh, it's, it's a really fun part of my career, and what makes it most special is not only when I get to spend, you know, the day with 20, 30,000 runners, but when I get to spend time with runners that I already know and love. And so I put up a schedule 
on fitness page on Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, look up fitness, and there's a thing called notes. And it says run the races, fits announces. And so there's a ton coming up in California. I'll spend three weekends in a row in California, March 12th, 19th, 20th, 25th, 26th, I have races. The LA Big 5K, the LA Marathon, Skechers Performance LA Marathon, I should say. The San Diego Half Marathon, the Mermaid Half Marathon, 5K, 10K, and the Encinitas Half Marathon. There are also discount codes on my Facebook page. I just booked the Buffalo Marathon over Memorial Day weekend. So Buffalo, New York, that'll be a new state for me as far as announcing goes. But there's a full, a half, a 5K. There's a Stars and Stripes Relay for teams to do the full. There's kids mini marathon. And I believe because of me and my big mouth, I was mentioning to the race director, I think I said how cool it was that Ironman, the day before Ironman, they do a tidy whitey run in Kona. And all the runners come out and do a mile in their underwear. And so he said, yeah, let's do that. And so the Friday night before these races, there's going to be, I believe, a one mile fun undie run. Uh, and your your registration fee is basically a can of food. And there's a good chance I'm going to be standing out my bra and underwear uh, yelling at people in May in Buffalo. So please join me there. And we also have a discount code on that pace. Um, yeah, I'm picking up a bunch more events. So my goal is maybe I'll get to every state or get within the region of you and you and you so we can all have finish line hugs. And that would mean an awful lot to me. So... Thanks for tuning in to the Fitness Show. I sure do love chatting with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about um, my fun over the past few weeks. And really what matters to me is you. You know, it all comes down to being surrounded by an epic group of people who care, who want to do better, who want to live better, live longer, learn more, and find out ways to make fitness more fun. And boy, am I grateful you let me be a part of your fitness adventure so follow me at fitness on twitter instagram facebook and uh, if you haven't already done so if you're looking to lose weight and you need help getting in shape visit me and join the hottie body fitness challenge group on facebook and uh, send me messages if you got questions i want to hear about them if you've got comments i want to know and uh, don't forget to like this show stay tuned and hear about my morning mile program thanks everyone i love you get to work Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children the chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run